Hello, hello. This is Jacqueline Twilly, and I'm your host of Power Banking, the podcast for women who work in male-dominated industries. Well, summer is quickly winding down. We are now officially towards the end of August. And you know what that means. It means it's time to get into the fall swing of things. Kids are going back to school. That means more adults are ending their summer vacations and more people are going to be in the office September, October, all the way through holiday season when people start taking vacations again. So if you're like me, you took some time to recharge this summer. The reason why I really like going by the school schedule, like summer break, fall break, winter break, spring break, is because it gives me an opportunity to check myself to make sure that I'm not running into burnout. Adults have this supernatural um, ability to just keep going and going and going until we fall out. Guess what? Kids do the same thing. And as an auntie, when I notice my nieces and nephews, how they will be so full of energy, they will go like 100 miles an hour and then instantly get in the car, a chance for them to sit down and catch their breath. And boom, those kiddos are out. Well, The same thing happens for us, but in a different way. And most of the time as working women, what happens is our burnout will hit us in a different way, meaning we'll get sick. Our body will just shut down. We physically won't be able to move. Something has to literally hit us like a ton of bricks to make us slow down. And you don't want to get to that point where you're so exhausted and worn out where it takes you a week or so to recover. So in full transparency, I think I reached a point of extreme burnout for myself last week. Well, not think, I know. And it really took me a couple of days to bounce back and recover. And so for me, what that looked like was I was in a place where my productivity wasn't as high as it normally is. I can normally work 10 hours a day and be very happy and engaged in my work. And last week I found myself doing six hours a day, one day, five hours a day, one day, six the next day, just very um, inconsistent in terms of the amount of hours I spend working a day. Now, before y'all start sending me tweets and messages like, whoa, 10 hours is too much. That's what I enjoy doing. This is how I achieve balance. So balance for each one of us is different. For me, I'm a person who loves my work. I am deeply committed to my work in empowering women, helping women to uncover their voice and know their power so that they can earn what they're worth. So no judgment here, y'all. Just want to let you know that the 10 hours for me is totally fine. And it's a matter of making sure I recharge at the appropriate times so that I don't burn out. So only you can determine what your burnout level is. All right. You have to be aware of yourself and your productivity levels and the things that you enjoy life and the times of year that you need to take time off so that you can't avoid burnout. There's a book by Shonda Rhimes. It's called The Year of Yes. And the book was really great. And she talks about in her book, as well as her TED Talk, and this is Shonda Rhimes, the creator of scandal gray's anatomy how to get away with murder now she's doing exclusive new shows with netflix but in her ted talk she said how she had a year of doing things that she would say no to because she was afraid to and in that year she found extreme growth and she found a lot of value i'm not going to spoil the book for y'all 
Go read it. Watch the TED Talk. But on the flip side of that, even though she was saying yes to things, it didn't mean that she was saying yes to everything. So when we think about burnout, it means when you're going to say yes and make commitments to things, do it with intention. And I've talked about intention before on the podcast, but we'll do a whole episode on being intentional in the future. But it just means thinking about why are you saying yes to this and what result do you want to get as a end product of doing whatever it is that you're saying yes to. Now, when you say no to things, you also need to be fully aware of that. Here we go, back to self-awareness and saying, if I'm going to turn down this opportunity to do this extra project or to volunteer after work on a special team to mentor the interns or to mentor some high school students, if I say no to that, what does that mean for my career? Is this a high visibility project that I need to be on to reach my career goals? Or is it a lower visibility project that's not going to impact my long-term career goals at all? Those are questions that you have to ask yourself. Also, thinking about burnout, sometimes you get to the point where you recognize, hey, I'm hitting burnout and I'm not going to be effective. Because what happens is once you reach that point of burnout, you're really not productive at all. You're not giving your best and you're just going through the motions. So what happens if you've already committed to things, but you're at your burnout point and you really need to recharge so that you're not being ineffective? How do you gracefully back out of something? And a lot of people think if you say that you have to, if you're going to commit to something, follow it through no matter what. But I have a different opinion. If you're going to reach the point where you're going to be ill, you're not going to be productive, you're going to give a poor performance because you just don't have it in you, it is better for you to gracefully back out than to go forward and have a disaster of the type of performance that you would have because you just have no energy. So let me give you two ways to gracefully back out. One is to be honest. Depending on your level of relationship with the person that you've made a commitment to, professional or personal, you might be able to share with them, hey, I'm reaching a level of burnout. I'm not going to be productive. And I will most certainly be back in the swing of things in the next month or two months. And I can't keep the commitment for next week. But what I can do for you instead is I can give you three recommendations of people who can take my place or I can do something virtual for you. And so that's a graceful way to back out where you're offering a solution. It definitely puts the other person in a bind. But again, what's going to put them in a worse position is if you show up to whatever you've committed to and you cannot fully function. The second way to gracefully back out, and this is if you don't feel like going into that level of detail and being fully transparent, you can just let the person know something has come up. I cannot fully perform and function in the role as I thought I would. Here are some alternatives to getting it done, whatever it is that you had committed to. And so when you make that commitment to them, now you're giving them different options and you can help facilitate whatever option they're going to go to in terms of getting something done. Now, let's talk about recharging. When you recharge during this time where you're avoiding burnout, but now you're going into recharge phase, 
Think about what gets you fired up. For me, I like to keep in my day designer journal the things that I do that keeps me productive. I'll highlight those in a different color if I feel like I get a boost of energy from doing certain things so that I can remember to come back to those. And I kind of make a note, okay, this is what's going to get me fired up in the mornings and this is what gets me fired up in the afternoons. If you follow me on Instagram, you know I love coffee. But there are times where I switch up my coffee routine because certain times of the year, I love coffee. Sometimes of the year, I love chai lattes. It just, it depends. However, I know what gets me fired up. There's certain music. Definitely drinking a ton of water will give me a different boost of energy. Also, working on certain projects in the morning and certain projects in the evening will help boost my productivity. I know what recharges me and what gets me fired up. So if you haven't evaluated when you're in your flow, and when I say flow, I mean in the moments where you are your most productive self, what is the scenario? I mean, is this like your perfect day? You get up early, you burn a candle, are you listening to music? Are you taking a shower in the morning? Do you do it the night before? Are you eating breakfast? No breakfast? All those things. Pay attention to the flow on the days that you're most productive What puts you in your greatest mood to help you facilitate that level of productivity? And then when you're recharging, you want to do as many of those things as possible, whether listening to a podcast, reading a book, just spending time being quiet and meditating, whatever it is for you, you got to figure that out so that when you're recharging, you can recreate that scenario over and over again to give you that spring of energy. Now, Don't think that there are so many articles out there like here are the top three things for productivity, the top 10 things for productivity, tech tools, non-tech tools. You can use a combination. There's no right or wrong to this, y'all. It's all about what you do. Now, for me, I use a combination of tech tools and non-tech tools. I love audiobooks and podcasts. So if I feel myself getting into a slump, I go to one of my favorite books. My favorite audiobook, and I hit play. It takes a little bit of effort for me because all I have to do is hit the play button. But I will start giving my, my mind and my brain those messages that really energize me and recharge me. And so when I'm just zoned out and I just crash and I'm my body is uh, not performing like I want it to, I find ways to give myself the things that I want especially drinking water. For me, um, my non-tech tool, water for me is one of the greatest things that helps me to get back recharged. So I talked to you about balance a little bit earlier in this episode, but I want to give you my definition of balance. My definition of balance is being in flow to do things that excite you, but doing things that you don't want to do when you need to do them. That's it. That's my definition of balance. You know, sometimes I will go 110% and sometimes I go 20%. And and I'm not talking in terms of like final product or producing anything, but what I'm talking about 110% versus 20% is my productivity for the day. And for me to be able to recognize if I'm only going to do a 20% productivity thing today, I'm going to make sure this is a personal day where maybe I can only do laundry and clean the house or something like that. I'm not going to make that a heavy work day. And that is okay for me. So for you, what's your definition of balance? 
And so the other thing is when you're balancing and when you're scaling back so that you can recharge, you have to communicate with the people that you work with most. For me as a business owner, that means I have to communicate with my clients as well as my contractors to let them know that my schedule will be modified for X amount of days. And if that needs to be extended, I will communicate that. But if that timeline needs to be accelerated for me to return to work sooner, I will also communicate that. And then most importantly that a lot of people don't realize is that when you're in your high areas of productivity, you need to document what you're doing so that when you do need to take a time out to balance and recharge, someone else can step in and perform the functions that you were doing for you. And you're not skipping a beat in terms of your work or your business. So you have to be organized. For me, going to my tech and non-tech tools, one of my favorite tech tools is Evernote. I have a lot of systems and processes documented in Evernote, but I'm also using Airtable because that seems to be a great resource as well. And as many things as I can do on my phone as possible in terms of helping me document a process, I will do that. And that just helps me stay in a stream of flow. Now, I don't have all of my resources on one tool. So not everything is in Evernote. Not everything is in Airtable. I use a couple of different project management tools, um, but it helps me stay organized. But it most definitely helps the people that I'm working with to be able to come in and participate when I need to take a time off to recharge. Now, lastly, bouncing back. So once you have that time to chill, you're figuring out your balance, you're recharging, how do you bounce back? It's all about your routine. Those small things that you do that take you maybe two to 10 minutes, that's a secret power. It's not the one hour blocks of work, the three hour blocks of work. It's the smallest things. Those things that take you two to 10 minutes, that's what shifts the tide, okay? And that's what helps you get back on track. So if you think of everything that you can do within two minutes, it's going to take you two minutes or less to do each task. Those are the things that you do first. There's a book by Brian Tracy called Eat That Frog. And in that book, he talks about doing the thing that you dread the most in the morning, which I fully agree with. But sometimes you have to build up to that momentum. And when you're coming back and you're bouncing back, going back to full level of productivity, you might need to start with the smallest things and build momentum so that you can eat that frog. Now, for me, I use a combination of the day designer as well as my Google Calendar, planning my day the night before and planning my week the Friday before the the week starts. That really helps me to get the ball rolling because I'm not thinking of day of what to do. And I'm definitely not just going through the day responding to things. Next, in bouncing back, you have to be able to get to a point where you eliminate excuses. Excuses is so easy for all of us to find. We can find excuses from here to Timbuktu of why we cannot do something or why we need to put it off. But when you get to the point where you tell yourself, I'm not going to give myself an excuse and I'm not going to accept an excuse for myself, no matter what, I'm going to find a way. I'm going to make this happen because this is important to me. That is where you truly start to bounce back because you break through all of the internal barriers that you set for yourself. And so I want to leave you with this today as you think about bouncing back from the summer, going back to your full levels of productivity. 
there's a quote, and I don't know who said it, but it goes a little something like this. You won't always be motivated. That's why you have to learn to be disciplined. And that's 100% true. When you're bouncing back and you're going from having a period of time where you're winding down and you had to recharge, but now you're going back to that full productivity level, you're not going to want to do it all the time. Some of it is just going to be straight discipline. So those habits, those little things that you do that take you two to 10 minutes every day, those are going to be your secret weapon to getting you back on track, building that momentum so that you can reach your ultimate levels of productivity. So I hope by me sharing some of the things that I do, it will help you to get back into the full swing of things and reach your highest levels of productivity. I love hearing from you all. So if you have a question, I have a couple of questions that we'll be answering in the next couple of episodes. Send me your question to Power Banking, the Facebook group, or you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, wherever. I see all of your DMs. I answer all of your questions and I appreciate you spending time with us today. Until next time, keep emulating excellence and eliminating excuses.